Hello. Hello. My name is Matt. My name is Abigail. And this is the Polyglot Progress Podcast. Podcast. Nice. That was pretty good, I'd say. This is episode 23, and it's actually the first podcast of VEDF, or VEDIF. I learned it's supposed to be pronounced VEDIF, but now we're used to VEDF, so... We could also do VUDF. VEDF. Less so. Um, but basically, okay. if you're not aware, we're posting a video every single day this month, February. Um, and also, we will have a podcast every single Saturday, like this mm-hmm. one. So if you're looking exclusively for podcasts, come back on Saturday. It will be fun times. And also, now I'd just like to promo as well. Um, February, since we are posting a video every single day, is technically the best bargain month for being a patron for us on Patreon. This is very true. Because we don't charge based on number of videos, we charge based on the month. So mm. technically, you're getting way more content for your normally, money this month. I think we normally do six videos a month. If even, technically we'd be doing three, three or four, but mm-hmm. we used to be doing like six to eight when we were on our Monday-Thursday schedule. So now, mm-hmm. because it's the school year, we're technically yeah, doing Monday. Only doing like four videos a month, but you're getting mm-hmm. 28 this month, so it's a great. T- technically, our videos are free to watch, but oh, totally it really are. helps us out when you give us money on Patreon. Um, and it <laughs> just because it allows us to do more of this as opposed to trying to work other jobs to earn money and that sort of thing. So it allows us to make better content, and it also is just a nice way to show us that you want more of this. So yes, and that's also- been my little Patreon. Sponsor uh, thing. We're not sponsored, so that's we I can sponsor ourselves. My... There we go. It's fine, you know. Oh, uh, although enough. if you go to Patreon, there is a sponsor the podcast option. So if you are interested, um, that's true. But you could also... be the sponsor of the podcast, but for now, I am. <laughs> I am the sponsor, the sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we got cool stuff over there, and there will be a link in the description. And we're trying to make that better every day. So let us know what you want over there. And yeah. Yes. Welcome. Today is January 12th at the time of filming. Yeah, we're recording this way in advance. Yeah, we don't really have any updates on our language learning, especially because uh, both Podcast 22 and Podcast, 24. it'll either end up being 24 or, or 25, 25 yeah. was filmed yesterday. So everything has been kind of pre-filmed in one condensed area. We don't really have any language updates. Um, but that's all right. We're other than of... I've been working hard at... Uh, bringing language learning into my daily life this winter break. What a good segue you just did. (laughs) Very nice. I know you weren't expecting that, I respect that. That was really good. Uh, I've been working hard (laughs) at creating a nice little routine for myself and incorporating a lot of, ready for today's podcast topic, immersion in my daily life. Ooh, beautiful. So, uh, yeah, today we're talking about immersion in our daily lives. Man, Um, you could do this podcast by yourself. What do you need me for? I know. Wow. Look at this. (laughs) Uh, So we're talking about immersion Mm -hmm. and really just the ways to do it within a normal everyday life. I think there's a lot of people without killing yourself. Yeah. There's a lot of people who either feel like you need to travel to a country to get full immersion or feel like it's necessary to get rid of everything in any language other than your target language in your daily life and just make all of your time be spent with your target language and that sort of thing. But I think that there are nice, simple ways to incorporate bits of immersion uh, into your life as much as you possibly can. Obviously, when you're at maybe work, you can't 
That's a bit tough. If your colleagues are, like, talking to you in Spanish and you decide to respond in German, I feel like they'll be a little upset. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's helpful to know how to fit it into mm-hmm. your life if it's not possible for you to currently travel to the country and stay there for prolonged periods of time, or if you're currently yeah. in a job or in school where you can't be using your language super often. Uh, these are all helpful ways. Like us. And also, I don't believe either of us have ever traveled to a country solely to learn their language yet. As great as it sounds, and people are always like, it's the only way to learn a language. I don't think either of us have done that, so we can't really speak to that. I think it's just not possible for a lot of people to. That too. It's very expensive um, and um, just not, like, conducive to any real result. Like, also, I'd love to do, like, a Middlebury or similar program where you go and stay for three weeks and you're fully immersed in the language at all times, but I know for a lot of people like me, it's not really possible to just pay all that money and upfront initially, like I can't even really do that, and then once you do, you're then missing three weeks, or three months when you could be working to make the money then that you spent Mm -hmm. so i mean there's a lot of reasons also like leaving families behind just there's a lot of reasons why people possibly are not in the situations where you can go and do that so and so uh, here are some other ways that you can get your immersion very nice and i I feel like i first off want to start off with asking how can we quantify immersion is it really immersion or are we just talking about exposure to a language you know Uh, okay um i basically want to ask you are we looking to get more output than input in are we looking to speak in some of this or are we looking mainly to listen and read what kind of how are we going to like what's the quality of this immersion or like what are we actually doing how is it helping our language learning for me, most of it's actually more of like a passive input kind of thing okay. uh, as opposed to output. But I did put some output things on here because I know, mm-hmm. like, I, I think it's some very easy ways to incorporate small bits of immersing yourself in the language and just doing things from your daily life in your target language is more passive things. Like, especially yeah. if you're someone who's at work and is speaking English at work all day and you don't know how to put like little bits of Spanish in, mm-hmm. um, then I mean listening and uh, sort of more passive activities can be a simple way to get that in, even maybe while you're at work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have some more output things too, if you're going for just having like as much of your life in the language as possible, which is obviously the ideal situation. But totally, I've got just a bunch of things that like you can kind of pick apart and balance based on your own life, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I look forward to hearing them because I feel like we do immersion a little bit differently. But also, I have some critiques of my own immersion that I don't think are very useful. Like, for instance, I listen to music music a lot, and I don't think music is very conducive to actual immersion because it is very just repetition-based. And, like, when you hear a song, are you likely to look up all the words you don't know immediately? I might be, but a lot of times music, you can kind of just put it on and forget about it. So yeah, I think... I think this podcast is also just an interesting topic to reveal the fact that in the few months that we were kind of gone this past semester, your views on your own language learning have kind of changed drastically. Like a lot of things that you maybe uh, would fight me against in old podcasts. Previously, I always like kind of have the opposite view on. So 
Oh, yeah. I mean, also our opinions on language learning change all the time, and that's why we do podcasts so often, I think, is because, like, just talking about them and me discussing my own with you makes me change what I think and may be the same for you. And, I mean, I'm sure it's the same with a lot of people who listen and, like, have their own opinions, of course. But I, I totally think music has its benefits, as I always talk about, but it's not perfect, you know? Like, I think a good amount of repetition is always great, but when it's all repetition all the time and you're not looking to solidify anything, are you really learning anything or are you just memorizing sounds um, without mm-hmm. any, like, w- only with abstract value, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, because hearing things in context a lot of times is much better. And that's where, I'd say, a TV show maybe works a little bit more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, speaking of TV, another great segue. What a segue. Um, my Man. first like way to do immersion is probably one that like everyone thinks of which is watching like tv shows and movies however i have my own very specific way (laughs) that i feel that this is okay um for doing immersion for language learning because i feel like a lot of people are like i am watching this french movie i've studied french for the day and that's why then a lot of people are like you can't actually learn a language like i think TV shows and movies are actually a great way to help further your language skills. However, in general, they are not. Like you, I found a very specific method for watching TV shows and movies that is the only way that I feel that you can actually make progress in them. Because if you just put on a TV show or movie in your target language, you're not going to learn much. Maybe you'll pick up a few new words, but you're not gonna learn much. So my, like basically two ways of doing this that sort of depend on what level you're at in the language, honestly, which one would be right for you. Um, So my first one is for, like, a bit more advanced, is to watch um, Netflix or just TV or or DVD or whatever it is, however you're going to watch it, um, with no subtitles or possibly even better with subtitles in your target language so both the audio and the subtitles are in the target language like honestly anything that has your native language involved is just not a good way to learn with tv shows and movies i think Um, i've spoken to that before with like my use of link a lot of times i just find myself clicking on the words i don't know to translate them to english and then the the actual word doesn't stick in my head Mm-hmm. You know, but like where whereas when I'm watching Dark right now on Netflix, I have it in German with German subtitles, and I find myself not looking at the German subtitles because I'm fo- I want my listening comprehension to increase, and so yeah. when I when I like come across a word I don't know, I can either fall back on looking at it and the word, like, is made clearer to me, or it's not, and then I need to pause and look up the word. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why I think it's a good idea. Because the other thing is, is I know personally, like. Even if I'm watching a movie in my native language, like English, and there's English subtitles on, I, I only read the subtitles. Like, yeah. it's just, for some reason, what my brain defaults to, and I, like, just kind of miss out on, like, what the people are saying then, because I'm mm-hmm. reading the subtitles, and that's even for my native language. So I feel like if you can, don't do subtitles at all, but sometimes they're handy to have, like you said, to yeah. look at. So I think the thing is, you have to try your hardest to not look at them. But then even if you do, they are in the target language. It's especially helpful if you're maybe learning a language like French where words are kind of connected. If you need a little bit of help distinguishing where two words end and like what separates them and things like that. Mm -hmm. There are other languages like that as well, obviously. Um, So like things like that is helpful to have 
things. I know it also is probably quite helpful for learning Japanese or Chinese to be able to see the yeah. character. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you hear yeah, a new word, being sounds. able to look down and see the character, so that way you know how to write it. Maybe you can copy it down if you want to pause it. Um, but I feel like that's the only way to do it. I feel like if you're watching something and you have subtitles on in your native language, it's honestly going to do nothing for you. Mm -hmm. Like I feel it's, that as it's a, a general great principle way to is keep good. yourself. Um, I, I'd say like obviously you don't have to never ever watch films and TV shows in your target language with your native language subtitles, but I think it's only good for if you're trying to just get some like cultural immersion, like learn mm -hmm. what kind of films come from the country, just get yourself excited to learn the language, something like that. But totally. you can't expect to make really any progress uh, with that method, I'd say. And then, um, however, my other method is, because I think that method doesn't really work for things if you're at a beginning level. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously watching like a movie that's made for adults or just generally, I mean, an audience that has a good grasp. If you're thinking like even like 10 year olds in their native language can understand a good portion of the language by that point. So mm -hmm. the films are gonna be at a higher level for comprehension than you might be at initially, um, even with the subtitles. So you probably won't get much out of that. So I'd say before you're at that point, children's TV shows and movies, I say this all the time, but like- And I've gone back on my opinion of them and Sense. Matt hated it, but then I got him to sit with me and watch some kid shows in Spanish and Italian, and he was like, wait, I just learned, I was like, cracking up all too. of these new words. I, um, like, genuinely enjoyed it. I just had to, like, get over my, like, pre I guess prejudice of it and thinking, like, oh, I'm so above this just, just because I'm older than this. And, like, you know, it's helpful because it does all the things that I am such a big fan of, of, like, repeating words that I don't know, pointing at things and saying words that I don't know, and just, like... It's made for, like, very simple humor and things like this, but, like, there are some more complex things. Like, you always talk about the joke in German that you witnessed, where, like, it's, like, someone got stung by a bee and then they add nicht at the end, but, like, there's a pause. You know? Oh, that wasn't even a joke. I was just like, wow, German is not the language for what she's saying right now. Yeah. Because um, to say, like, don't get stung by the bee, it's, like, get stung by the bee, don't in German. Yeah. So, it, like, but there was, like, this weird pause, so it sounded like she was just, like, get stung, and then, like... <laughs> <laughs> the don't come in came in. Um, no, yeah, I totally, I, I like, I've gone completely back on my opinion of this just because I, again, it was totally just my self-image of thinking I don't need this. I'd much rather watch like entertaining movie, this one or like some mm -hmm. intense show. And so my German, my level in German is totally conducive and helpful for watching cool content that I really enjoy on a personal level. Like, that's really great. It's important to have things you enjoy. Um, mm -hmm. Watching things just because you can understand them, I understand, isn't, not a, isn't a lot of fun. But sometimes you just need to start low to build upon it, you know? Yeah, I think there's also, like, there are choices, too. Like, I mean, if you... Like, there are Disney movies dubbed into, mm -hmm. like, so many languages. So many languages. And so, mm -hmm. like, if you maybe have a Disney movie that even maybe you don't think you'd enjoy so much now, but maybe it was, like, your favorite as a kid, like, just the nostalgia might connect you to the thing a little bit totally. more. Like, you don't necessarily need to pick something that you're going to hate mm -hmm. just for your learning, but also I do think it it helps you learn more, whereas you might enjoy watching, like, this new anime that came out with English subtitles. Like, you might be better off yeah. just watching, like, 
a Japanese children's show that you wouldn't usually be interested in because it's actually going to further your language learning. Like, keeping in mind yeah. your goals, like, is your goal to relax and have fun watching this new Japanese anime, or is your goal to further your Japanese? And, like... Totally. That's what I I absolutely agree. And um, so this, for me, like, obviously, yeah. like, I don't watch kids' TV shows, like, on my own, but, like, when it comes to me trying to further my languages and, um get immersion in by watching things in my target languages then i mm -hmm. go to kids tv shows if i'm not that high of a level of in them because it is like slower paced but still people talking at normal human speeds yes. and then also there's lots of visuals so they say a word and then you can see it like if they say the word for apple you don't know that word they are holding an apple you can easily yeah. connect that as the, what an apple is but you're not learning by them being like Apple and then like telling you the word. It's just you learning it through context. Um, you get to practice your pronunciation like through listening, like not unless you're reading it aloud as well. Um, but it just, yeah, it does allow. And also since it is for kids, like oftentimes there will be words that kids might not know either. So they'll be like, this is like a bulldozer. And they'll like walk you through like what that is. And that ends up teaching you the first word but also words like now i know how to say car now i know how to say like construction like you end up learning all these things as well because there's educational content like usually put into kids shows too mm -hmm. so you kind of get both at once you get cultural aspects if it's something that came from the country of your target language and isn't just dubbed um yeah i think it's it's one of those things where it's not usually what you do but if you're willing to step back and do something that's a little bit different for the sake of your language learning i think kids tv is honestly the best way to go and then you can work your way up i mean once you're at like a c1 in a language maybe you shouldn't be watching kids tv yeah. anymore but like i think until then like it's also very easy like i've been having a little bit of a harder time because it's just difficult to find something at the moment but my plan was to go from kids tv to like uh sort of like tween I guess, like, TV mm -hmm. in German, because I'm past the kids' show level, but I'm not at the level yeah, like where I want, like, like very rapid, advanced content coming at me. So, like, something that is more at a middle schooler's level. Um, I think I figured out that my solution is going to be to watch extra in German, which is, yeah. like, made for German learners, so that's kind of a little bit different. But um, I, I guess I should recommend that, too, extra, if you're learning... French, Spanish, or German. I think that's all they yeah, have. Yeah, I don't know what else um, they have. I can look. I it think up. it's just French, Spanish, and German, and English. Um, there are these shows, I guess. That it's the same show in each language, but they just basically, they did it with different actors. They did the same exact show, same exact set, even, with uh, different sets of actors in the three different, or four different languages they have, and it's, it, it's just to teach you a language, And some of it's actually very funny. Like, yeah, they tried to make it for, like, something that high schoolers would be interested in. So it's, like, mm -hmm. someone comes, they're, like, a, a foreigner, and they come to stay with their pen pal in whatever country it is. Yeah. So, like, France or I don't know which Spanish it is, but, like, Spain or something, I guess we'll say. Or, like, Germany. And then there's, like, this whole, like, drama that goes down and stuff. And it's, like, funny. And there's, like, a plot. And so you can follow along. And then they'll teach you new words and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but it is entirely in the target language, so that's also an option if you want something that's beyond a kid's program, but is not 
going to be so tough, I guess. Mm-hmm. And going off of that, I believe I was going to say, I think there are like worksheets that you can get to go along with extra, but I almost went oh, to Oh, there like... are. We had to do them yeah. every time we watched extra in French class in high school. It was like our listening exam, actually. We had to like really? watch extra and then like oh fill out things. Because um, I, I was going to say I wanted to like, I, I kind of want to advise against like, are doing things like worksheets like that like I think here is the time where you're going to get your most natural language learning in but the thing is you know sometimes it's really hard for things to stick like I don't know what it's like for um if you've never learned what the date of case in German is and then you're hearing things in the date of case and you can't recognize it like how that mm. would look how that would like be registered by the by your brain you know and so I mm -hmm. feel like things like this are very tough because I feel like an extra you would have the date of case being used, you know, and just like tougher mm -hmm. concepts like that. Um, and so there comes I a mean, point. But I suppose you, you'd eventually get used to it as well, because then there's the argument of like babies aren't taught the date of case. Yes. No, you're completely right. But also in English, I feel like most native speakers don't understand that like English kind of has one and we don't know how to use it because it's so phased out. But like we still mm -hmm. have who and whom and things like this. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you were to ask someone what the difference is, they, like, can't tell you. Mm -hmm. And also wouldn't use it, right? But, like, nonetheless, um, I've had students before who went... I'll be like, all right, we're going to have a conversation right now in German. And uh, they will totally... And, like, an italki lesson, a lot of the times for me, or, like, just any Skype lesson or conversation with people, I try to make it very natural, and I don't... Or that's how I like my lessons to be, like, even when I'm taking them. So I'll just want to, like, have a conversation with my German tutor when I'm learning. And uh, that normally goes really great. When I don't know a word, he will, like, give it to me and then, like, sometimes explain it to me in German, which I think is the best way to learn a word, is in the language, um, as opposed to getting a translation for it, because then you have to rely on that. Whereas if I'm, if I'm given this word and you give me a synonym for it that I already know, or you give me, like, a definition, a very simple definition of it, I can make that out. But I've had students before who will, when they're saying a sentence to me, just a simple sentence, they just want to say something about their day, they will go and they'll, like, it's like they're trying to put a puzzle together in their head. And they're like, okay, so this, and that goes there, and then I conjugate this verb, and then, oh, now it's a Nebensatz, so I need to, the verb goes to the end, and it's like, they're just doing all this stuff that it's so unnatural for them, and it's like, language isn't meant to be used in this way, and so... I don't know how many people struggle with things like that. I feel like, I, I don't think I've heard a lot of people talk in the comments at least about struggling with that, but definitely if you're, like, if you find, like, your approach to speaking is very mechanical, then I think listening is one of the best ways to get over that because you these people mm -hmm. say sentences without thinking about it, and that's what you do in your native language. You don't try to construct a sentence perfectly. You say it and eventually it gets better and better and your grammar becomes more solidified. So getting over that hump of like trying to construct it and everything is really important because when sentences are coming much quicker and like you can say an entire paragraph without thinking about it is mm -hmm. that's when you're making progress, I think. And just that's when you're at a much more natural level. And I don't know... Wait, I, so I'm confused. Yeah, go, go ahead. I'm getting confusing you, myself. Because you, you've argued, like, both sides in the same yes. point, and okay. I'm very confused by what your stance is, because 
you were saying you don't think worksheets are a good idea because it should come naturally, but also you can't just pick up things like the dative case unless you've learned the dative case. Yes. Yeah, I'm saying, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that learning and like looking at things under a microscope and then trying to just construct things naturally are two entirely separate things, but there needs this to be... this has a... to do with this podcast. Immersion. Okay. I'm saying hearing them is one of the best ways to naturalize this okay. process for you. I'm sorry. No, the point totally became misconstrued. But in... With or without the extra worksheets then. Oh, totally. That was just my, like, branch to it. Um... <laughs> Wait, so are you saying with or without then? I'm saying that... This is where I get confused. I'm so sorry. Don't don't worry about the worksheets, I guess is what okay. I'm saying. Okay. Is, um, I'm just saying when learning a language, I think that... Moral is do immersion. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying okay. listening... Like, you have to learn a language. Like, there needs to be language study. You can't just learn it entirely yeah. through immersion at the same time. But you you can't just have entirely You're gonna study. You're going to get attacked for that one, Matt. Well, I know, but it's my <laughs> belief, so I can say it. They can say their belief, too. Um, I mean, yeah, whatever. Um, you, you have to have study, and then you need to have immersion. And you can't have your study in the immersion. Like, you need to be able to say things, or you can't say it yet. You know? Mm. I disagree. Okay, give me. Um, I just feel like, like, I think it's great to have them separate, but I also feel like if you keep them so separate, they will always remain separate. And I think part okay. of the thing of being able to have yeah, your, wait, I'm going back on that now. your level in a language is going to be built upon your immersion and your study of it. And I think by connecting yes. them, you make it you make your yeah, own you're right, actually. speaking, I agree. reading, writing, listening more fluid because you can both have this listening comprehension where you can keep up with the conversation, but you've also done enough maybe like drills of rewriting the same verb conjugation that it comes naturally for you to conjugate verbs. Okay. Um, yeah, I and totally you have to that. think less. Like I think also like for me, like when I do my journal entries, I always keep a dictionary nearby. And so that way... I don't write based on what I already know. I write based on what I want to write. And when I need to look mm. up a word, I look it up. And then that's how I learn words. Because now okay. I'm like, I needed to know how to say birthday yeah. party in my like journal entry. And so now I know how to say birthday party because I had to learn it for this situation. And so yeah. I feel like that, like, and I feel like the same thing with like watching a show or something. If you're watching it and you're like, you, you pause, you look up the subtitle, you're like, I don't know what that word means. You look it up. And then you continue watching the episode or with like a kid's show, like they hold something up. You're like, oh, I heard that word. I don't know what it means. And then you're like, oh, they're holding an apple. That must mean apple. Mm -hmm. Like you get it through context. Like I think that yeah. combination of like learning and context is like. I think I guess what I want to ask is for you, if you had a student who was trying to construct sentences in English, but they're mm -hmm. they're they're looking kind of up in the space and they're going, OK, so I want to say like I and then I the apple ate and I want to say that I did this and that but n now because there's a comma here that does this and like just when you're looking at it too mechanically like how do you get over this I, guess I think what I it's just say. learning to be able to make mistakes like I feel like that's less of a immersion versus study thing and more of a people want to you be know, perfect from the yeah. start with language learning and that's also why so many people are like, what is the hack to learning a language? Or like, how can I learn a language the quickest? Or like, mm -hmm. with the 
least amount of study. And I think that whole mindset that so many, like, people in general have, but then also that, like, blogs and YouTube channels that are run by language learners kind of continue to cycle is just, like, very negative because there is no, like, there's no real hack to learning a language any faster. Mm -hmm. There's certainly hacks to making your time be used more efficiently. And in general with studying, like there are ways to study smarter so that you're studying in less time, but getting the same amount out of it as you would for studying for a longer chunk of time. But in reality, there's no way for you to like become fluent any faster than you putting the work into learning a language. And I think there are a lot of people then though that are like, I feel like I need to know this language now and be able to express exactly what I want to express in the way that I has to be expressed if I were a native speaker and stuff. And so, like, in those cases, I think people walking through it, they could say what they're trying to say with not so great grammar. And I think that's what I encourage my English students to do is, like, they're thinking they're like, how do I say this? I'm like, explain the word to me and I'll I'll figure out what it is with you or, like, um, like if they're missing a vocab word or if they're not sure how to construct the sentence, I, I'm just, like, just try. And uh, then I, like, help them re- reconstruct the sentence. Like, I'll like sort of repeat it back to them in normal English or if I'm not sure exactly what they're getting at I'll ask them some questions like uh so we can kind of try to construct the sentence in a way that is comprehensive and grammatically correct in English but based off of how they would initially want to say it and oftentimes they're not that far off Mm -hmm. like that's the thing is a lot of my students think that they're, they're like I'm not sure if you'll understand this and they like try to say it and it's like one word is maybe like you've used a like adjective instead of an adverb or something like it's Mm -hmm. like not far off at all um and like i can even comprehend it it's just like a little thing that you might want to tweak to be a little bit more correct um but like oftentimes they do have a pretty good basis of like what to go off of so i think that's not so much like immersion and things and is more so just the learning to make mistakes yeah i i think you're totally right because i think it is that fear that you know you want to speak a language and be in as perfect as you are in your mother tongue, but that's not mm-hmm. entirely ever possible, you know? And there's mm-hmm. a big fear of that. It's like, oh, I want to speak Spanish or I want to speak German like it's another native language of mine, like I was bi- like I was grown up bilingual. Um, mm-hmm. And I just said, like, I was grown up bilingual, and that's not perfect English. Um, so I think you're totally right, and sorry for that tangent, but I guess I just wanted to know what yeah. your thoughts were on that. And I appreciate that because that helps, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing is I think it's people who are, if you're listening to this now and you're like, oh, that's me, I'm afraid to make mistakes. Like, it's important to remember that you make mistakes in English, too. Like, actually, I was out at lunch (laughs) today and I had a a wonderful English mistake moment. Um, I was out at lunch and I was like, can we have, like, I guess I don't remember exactly what I said, but basically I was trying to get one popover which are like these little food things i was trying to get one popover for the whole table and i was like and then for oh. all three of us like a popover or something like that like i worded it like that and so we were brought three popovers oh no like each of us got one no um, well that oh man so like i mean it's like one of those things where you still make errors even in your native language like could have been worded much better um i've realized after the fact like i could have made it a bit more clear that we only wanted one but you know like it happens totally i completely agree (sighs) all right my next one i guess going on a a related 
note to TV is YouTube. Um, Heck yeah. I have a I have things similar to this, but you go first. Yeah, just because I feel like this is another one where unless you find... I don't really know if there's, like, kids-oriented YouTubers in many languages. Also, I feel it's just so um, tough to search for things on YouTube in other languages. I just have such a tough time with finding things I like. Yeah, but, I mean, for, like, kids-level like level content, it might be a little bit more difficult, so you might need a slightly higher level. But actually, what I've been finding super great for my German since I'm past, like, kids shows but not feeling super or ready to watch like dark or something that's like a lot all at once um i have been watching youtubers because it's like a five to ten minute video um so it's short you're not gonna be like staring forever trying to figure things out it's short um i especially like i think it's right to pick the right kind of youtube content like maybe Mm -hmm. if it's not even what you'd totally usually watch like also try to find ones you enjoy but personally for me for german what i found super useful recently is watching like hauls or like um, favorites videos or things where people hold items up Mm. like specifically like that's why the haul is good is because they'll be like i bought this shirt and they're like holding or like their favorites they'll be like this food item and they're like describing it but i have like the visual to go with it that's really interesting Um, so like almost the same thing as like kids shows where it's like it's I, I probably a bit quicker you know with the uh the word and i think that's also helpful because then it gets your brain to not be translating between your language and the target language because you're learning that word with the picture of the thing oh yeah so, like, totally i see them holding up like they're like i've been loving pineapples this month or whatever <laughs> they've got their pineapple i'm like ah that like this is the connection instead of me recognizing like pineapple i'm like seeing a pineapple and can connect it with the word in the target language i really like that that's really cool so i i think it yeah. comes down to finding the right ones but i found that there are ones that i can find that i still have an interest in maybe it's not what i'd watch all the time in my native language but i've found some cool ones like i found some who are like into dyeing their hair or whatever but it's me- meant that i've learned like random colors that i would never even really use in english but like i've learned like German ones and like while food purple. Yeah, like it's like weird things like that. So like I can watch things where I'm like, oh, this is interesting andly enough. Like I try to find things that are related to things I personally enjoy. So like people yeah. talking about like their tattoos and like again, like then they're like, This is a duck that I have on my arm. I'm coming with the most random examples. Like I, this, this is a I'm duck intrigued I have as on to what videos you're like, watching. I'm like, oh yes, now I see like that and I have the word in my head and it's like this nice connection. Yeah, I do the same thing and like looking up a lot of times, I was watching a, I watched this whole, I think I talked about it on a podcast or a live stream, um, mit 1000 Euro um die Welt, and it was a German documentary that was just uploaded to YouTube about this guy who took a thousand euros and traveled to like a country in each continent, um, which was interesting as to how Germany views the world's continents was I didn't know that before. There were like five and it was really interesting. Um, It could have also just been this video. But uh, so finding a thing like that for me was really good because I got to see a person interacting in different cultures using German and then like using English sometimes, which I find annoying in documentaries where they speak English and then you can kind of hear the English, but it's German like dubbed over it. Mm. Like, you know how they do on English, like, movies, yeah. there'll be someone speaking in English, 
or someone speaking another language and an English person dubbing over them, and you yeah. can hear it kind of in the background, that bugs me so much. Because then I it, hear the English and I default to it. I'm, I'm usually okay with it, but it's when I know the other language. Yeah, that's the problem. My brain can't. Like, when it, they're both at the same time, I can't separate the two and focus on the one I want. It's always like, yeah, oh, I know like, English even better, I talked so that. About how I've been having trouble with that, um, with translating this, like the documentary footage that yeah, I've been working on. So and part of it is the problem is that there's English conversations and French conversations happening, and I'm like, that's so tough. <laughs> like I understand everything and nothing. <laughs> yeah. And, like, they cancel each other out. But, uh, so I've, I've looked up, like, booktubers in German, mm. specifically. Yeah, that's a good And one so too. I get to hear one. I, I look up a lot of things about classic books, because I find, like, knowledge about those is kind of more known than, like, newer books, for me at least. Um, so they can talk about something I vaguely know, and mm. it can explain a story to me with words I've never heard before, you know? Mm. And so I can learn things about characters, even, like, names of characters that are different. And about translations, and sometimes they'll talk about uh, English books that they've read too, but they'll talk about it all in German, which is real neat. And then mm -hmm. something that really works for me, which I find a lot of fun and really encompasses a lot for me, is uh, Twitch.tv, or even just gaming YouTube channels, because mm -hmm. I watch that in English already, and I play video games, so it's a thing I have an in inherent interest in, and always mm -hmm. have. But, for instance, like... Switching like the live streamers that I watch from predominantly English to German Like totally changes the way I am interacting with that content and it also just opens my vocabulary tenfold I'd say I get to hear people interact with comments live and Like so these people are typing in German different things that the person's responding to and so like there's a conversation I'm watching essentially and It's just really interesting to try to be comprehending all of this at the same time and then I find that when I switch to French or Norwegian, I have much more difficulty because it's just so... I need practice there. Like, that's where I need my children's TV right now. But mm -hmm. German, I can do live streams and movies and things like that. Um, and so, like, that's where I am. And that's what I'm finding really useful. And because I find it fun. And I find, like, when there's multiple people talking and everybody's having a good time and laughing, I tend to be enjoying the content more. So, I mean, this comes all down to, like, immersing yourself in things that you enjoy rather than just mm -hmm. rather than it being study time and you doing like hardcore um we're doing these worksheets for extra and hate our lives you know yeah i think it's just about finding the right balance because there yes. always is that yeah. if you want to only watch like dark or like things that are out of your range i think it's about finding the things within your range maybe that's only kids tv right now that you connect to and i'm sure there's something out there um and i think youtube also provides good content there because i know like do you know how hard it is to find a children's show in bulgarian while living in the u.s it's yeah. pretty hard yeah. um Darn. so like having youtubers is like a good step i feel like i'm not at the level where i can understand most bulgarian youtubers yeah though, you've shown me some and it's difficult. like real intense yeah they speak so fast and i'm not ready for that um however i did discover recently that there's a disney youtube channel like the disney, disney channel bulgaria yeah you has me. like a youtube channel and they just post like short clips like most are like trailers for like shows they have but it does mean that i can watch something that's at least at a lower level it is still meant to be like tween shows then so it's still a little bit beyond my bulgarian level because i'm an actual child in bulgarian <laughs> right now um with my comprehension level but it's something so i'd say you just gotta like look around peep about, see what you can find. Totally.
Yeah, a but lot of it is just searching and searching and searching. The country you're looking for doesn't really produce a lot of, like, television content. Also, I don't remember if this changes your search results, but when you scroll to the bottom of YouTube, you can, like, uh, change the language that your, that your YouTube is in. I and think you can also just search in the language. I've that just always helps. just that searched. I've never changed my actual YouTube settings. Although I also found that when I search for things in Bulgarian, I get less than if I search for things in English and add in really? Bulgarian at the end to it. So. Really? That's so weird. Uh, so test out everything you'd think that searching in your target language would help, but oddly and like enough, Google somehow. translating phrases that you'd search in English also works. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't know yeah, the language Yeah, that's a good well way. Enough. Like you were saying you didn't know how to search for things. I think Google Translate's helpful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's just like a simple word, like, and also vlog is usually used in every language. So vlog, something yeah. I do is I'll just search vlog and then I'll put Francais. like, yeah, yeah. like I'll, I'll put whatever language I want at the end and then like vlog. And then oftentimes you'll find someone that speaks the language that maybe puts like a vlog, but oftentimes that's like people that usually do it in English and then they're like, I'm yeah. going to speak Italian for one day yeah, in this video yeah, yeah. so you can hear what it sounds I like. Found- but I go for... usually from that and then see, like, what other things they have. Oftentimes, a lot of people have started doing two channels, too. Like, one yeah, in, English in English and one in their native language. Which is so, cool. So, um, that's also helpful if you find someone who's doing that. I, I know what I've done specifically for finding, like, German content I like is I will just search, like, Eisen. And then I hit mm-hmm. enter. And then That's I, the other thing is once find, you like... discover, like, a, a word. Oh, totally. And it's, like... Um, you just see people like on different trips and like and that normally will like then link to their channel where they make other videos like that that I'm interested in and like it's just them traveling talking about their life and I'm like I'm into this in English that's cool the other thing too like much like that is like hall is also usually used in every yeah, language in Norwegian for some that's like I think um, that's all I do but if you do like hall or like favorites because often people will still say people favorites put the title in English a lot of the time like, and then the videos an in another language thing, um but if you do favorites or like haul and then like either the season or like a specific month, but in your target language, like whatever they would call summer. So do like summer haul, but like within your target language, whatever that might be, um, you can often find things. And then also like sometimes I'll just search things that I know I'll find people with. So I'll do something like that. And then I can kind of click like, around and then you get like lost off- in like the German YouTube yeah like area and, and i mean for me i'm not as interested in this and i have admittedly just watched some of these videos just to get the immersion in there are beauty gurus in every language i'm just gonna put mm-hmm. this out there there yeah. are beauty gurus in every language and luckily i actually with don't the... think i found one in bulgarian yet though so there really? might actually be no bulgarian you're gonna get comments that'll link you to some I honestly send me to some any bulgarian content is good content for... we've gotten so many comments of people being like this Bulgarian thing is good for I you, know, Abigail. I know, and I look at all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, honestly, with the advent of YouTube and just how widespread and connected we are nowadays, it's so much easier to find content that we enjoy. And, mm-hmm. like, I think newspapers are a good thing for this. I know I've been I've been wanting to. And I used to do this um, where, like, and I think actually on our podcast with Ophelia, she talks about this. Um if that went up already, or didn't, uh, <laughs> were, like, getting your news in different languages. And so, like, I actually wanted to talk about uh, the SBS podcasts. 
which I don't know if you've used, but I've used them before, and I actually didn't know until she told us that they're all the same thing, but in different languages. Oh, yeah, the slow um, ones. Yeah, which, I mean, I don't think they're even that slow. I think it's just called that. Um, they're pretty slow. They are? They're slowed yeah. down, at least. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not native speed. Yeah. But uh, I find that it is so much easier to, like, if you just go on Twitter and, like, put find a news thing and then like turn notifications on like that's real easy it's also real easy to ignore that so like going to a website and actually reading the news is a lot better i'd say than just having like a notification real quick but also but i do listening think to it's podcast. helpful to have something that's just like among what you're doing already like oh, I yeah think that's um something that's important like also like music does help in terms of like just like kind of reminding you to like be listening I, to the dude, language and like hearing it shower, and using it i queue up like a song in every language and then i'm like okay in my shower i get to sing in spanish and french and norwegian and german and i'm like i just hit four languages in five minutes and it's like it's yeah. not doing a ton for me but i make a conscious effort to like if i have a second before i get in the shower i'm like let's put a new song see if i like can recognize anything in here and so like mm -hmm. i put up a new album in german today and like was surprised at how much i understood you know or like i've even been like into this new french artist and i've been listening to them everywhere i go and it's mm -hmm. like, I'm understanding a lot more of this than I thought I would. And so, yeah, things overall, like that. I'd say, like, it's good to anything you can to just work it into your, like, things you already do. So, yes. like, if you have a long commute to work, list, putting a playlist of music in your target language or podcasts in your target language or audiobooks in your target language, something that will get you listening to it and using that in a time when you'd usually do something in your native language. Like, honestly, any time you're spending in your native language that you could change to your target language, try it out. Um, and it's and like totally also, good. Like, something I'd recommend, too, that recently I found useful, and I know it's been suggested before, but I was always like, that seems like such a, like, passive... Thing. like I'd never actually use that but like Would following people on social media yeah who speak your target languages mm -hmm. I did it by accident there was this girl that I found who just had like super cool tattoos and like looked super cool in her Instagram photos so I followed her <laughs> on Instagram but all of her Instagram stories are like in German and so now I'm like I I've picked up just a bunch of random German words from her just because that's so cool like I I, I need to do watch more of her Instagram stories or whatever and so I'm just being exposed to it i should do and more of that it, like so Twitter. it's just one of those things where if you find like much like a youtuber if you find a youtuber that you really enjoy that's in your target language if you find someone on twitter who posts really funny content that you enjoy like whatever it is that oh my you God, be I was... exposed to on your own in your target language like in your native language switch it to your target language my favorite uh german or well she's swiss my favorite but in german uh comedian Haselbrugger. I put on notifications for her on Twitter and just like they make my day. She's so great. I recommend. Um and also like I find I always talk about like I really like funny stuff in my languages that I learn cuz I just enjoy humor. And so like for Norwegian, I watch a lot of TV Norga, Norga, I should say. Um <laughs> that was so English, TV Norga. Um but so going to them and like that's where that's why it, i switch everything to sound like english when i like i'm speaking english like i yeah, just make everything I hate it kind though. of sound like ah uh, no not you i hate when i do it i hate when i do it like <laughs> I, I can't say kosa i gotta I say kosa like, i end up just Closa. saying everything very weird like whatever i wanted to say like 
in French or whatever, like if I don't anglicize it, it comes out uh, weird no. in French, and then my English after I say I it comes out weird. So it's just like this like mess that no one knows what I'm saying, and I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I totally um enjoy that. And then I guess I just want to um ask where is a good ratio of input to output in immersion because i think when we talk about this kind of immersion we're talking about mainly getting input but mm-hmm. like when's the right time or when is it good for us to make an output i think you do more output than i do in that like you asked oh why is this your next topic <laughs> i have a, a lot of points on it. i do still have some input things but okay I yeah but i'd like to hear about this um so first off keeping a journal yeah um, i thought you were gonna say this because you have more experience with this than i do yeah i tried to convince matt to start one of these at one point and i'm thinking about it i'm thinking about telling very simple stories in my languages because i like haruki murakami inspires me in that he couldn't tell the stories he wanted to in japanese and so he told them in english very simply or he started writing to get very simple language because his english vocabulary wasn't as big as japanese and so, like, that helped him, like, just find the simple words he needed. And so, like, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe that's a good idea with German. It would simplify what I'm saying, you know? Mm. Yeah, um, my journal is just more so, like, everyday things. But like I said, I keep a dictionary nearby, and if I have to look something up, I do. Um, but then I'll usually, like, sometimes I take a note of it in my, like, learning notebook for that language. Sometimes I just don't, and I mean... Most of the time, whatever it is that I've written down, like, registers with my head. Mm. Um, because I'm using it through this, like, activity where I'm, like, I need to know how to say this thing. And usually, also, my journal entries, I don't go too extreme. Like, if I'm going to have to look up every word, I don't write about that. I keep it, like, mm. around my level. So, it's, like, I look up only a few words. So, I really get to know those words. It's not, like, a total influx of new information. Um but, like, the other day I did one for Spanish, I did one for Italian, um, after just, like, a little bit of learning. And so I just talked about how my day I, was going. I'm still very jealous like, that you did that. And, yeah, it just allowed me to get some practice in. And I, I find that that's a really helpful way. It's something you can do um, at the end of your day. It's it's also, there's just been a lot of proven benefits to journaling. I'm honestly not that great yeah, at it, so truly I'm benefits. sort of a hypocrite talking about the benefits of journaling, but I've been trying to keep a journal more, both in English and in my target languages. But I, I mean, if you want to look into that, maybe that's something that would be good for you too, because mm-hmm. then that's something that balances out just your life a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, keeping a journal like... is a great way to get output and also just to live your life (laughs) i've also this goes back to input but like being educating yourself about things in another language is very a very effective way i think to get a lot of new information like Mm -hmm. i like to read a lot about language learning but i'm like okay let's do this in german now you know Mm -hmm. and so that really works and i've then found podcasts about language learning in that language um and just things like that so like if you're big into history reading about history in french is something that works you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I like learning about a country's history through their language. So, like, I reading about Norway's dialects and, like, history in Norwegian really works for me. But uh, mm-hmm. back to output, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I'd say keeping a journal is a good one. And there's also websites where you can 
post journal entries and get corrections and things. Personally, yeah. for me, I don't really go I through that step. Lingate, I, think. Um, I just like to keep my journal and it's that's sort of one of those things where it's less uh, studying for me and more immersion in that sense because I don't do it as something that I'm then going to correct and rewrite to have all the corrections. It's something where I do it and that then is a good marker of my progress over time and then I, I mean my next one I'll usually be better I I mean I guess if you're constantly making the same mistakes maybe then it's time to like start correcting yeah. things but I or found like, that usually you know, it's something that just fixes itself as I learn more as I do more exercises because usually I'm aware of it too I'm like oh now looking back at this entry I can see that I get genders wrong all the time so I'll go and I'll study gender a little bit more I'll work on doing some exercises and practice with that and then just in future journal entries it's fixed um or at least getting better improving um so i recommend it and for me it's one of those things where i put a little less stress on it it's something where i don't have to then be showing it to people i don't have to be like studying with it it's just like a nice relaxing way for me to practice my languages and also on top of that and document my progress yes that too it's like a private diary um yeah you you have before in the past though like sent me your German journal entries and then we yeah. go over them with me and like we, we go look. over them but I don't rewrite them then I just leave it yeah. and I don't mark them at all like I don't circle things that are incorrect um, so while I do sometimes go over them it's one of those things where it's more so hey could you just let me know if there's anything that I'm like very blatantly doing wrong so then for future diary entries I can focus on that nice all right cool. It's also helpful if you want to practice speaking to yourself, too. Um, Heck, yeah. Like, when I did my Spanish and Italian ones, I read them out, which was partially just with the camera because we're filming our experience. Um, And instead of, like, just holding my camera over my notebook for a little (sighs) while, I figured I'd read it out. Um, But I think that's also a very good way to practice your speaking as well if you, like have trouble just thinking of what to say because oftentimes I do when I'm speaking to myself I'm like I don't know what to talk to myself about like I'm just sitting in my room doing nothing like Mm -hmm. I don't have much to talk about at the moment but if you write yourself like a journal entry that you've got a little bit more time to think about topics for and like maybe recap your day or something it helps to work on reading it out it also helps just your skills with reading aloud then and being able to read things and then match that with pronunciation and that sort of thing too totally no, I completely agree, and I really, I even have a note for myself today to be like, write a little something, or like, try to speak to yourself out loud in just the languages and see what comes out, because like, I feel like you're way ahead of me in Italian and Spanish, because I like, don't think I could, I maybe Spanish, but like, Italian, I'm like, nope. I didn't think I could either, though, that was the thing, is I was okay. like, I don't, I want to record me speaking for the today's like, thing, but I don't know what to, like... I don't feel like I know that much. And then I wrote, and I was like... Hmm. Yeah, no, I need to give it a shot, I think. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, I guess more with output, another thing you can do is there's apps like HelloTalk. Yes. There's also just people will... You can meet up with people to message... Not meet up with them, but, like, you can connect with people uh, to message on, like, WhatsApp or, like, other messaging sites. language partners. Um... And, yeah, you can have, like, a language partner who you just send text messages to, or maybe you email them, maybe they're a physical pen pal. Yeah. Um, you write them letters, 
And that's another way where you can get a little bit of practice in because if you're someone who's going to be texting people anyway, why not text them mm-hmm. in a target language? If you've got a friend maybe that maybe you've been friends with this person and they speak Spanish and now you're learning Spanish, maybe be like, hey, could we sometimes just text in Spanish? Um, I've done that with Matt before. Um, we also, there's the the games that you can play like through Game yeah. Pigeon on um, iMessage. Uh, on I just thought of this. This wasn't even in my notes, but the Game Pigeon games on iMessage for the iPhone. Um, there's one that's called Anagrams and you can choose the language. Which is so cool. With. So Matt and I have started playing it in German and French, but I'm really bad at that game in English too. Like that game just does not register with my head, like how to do, how to make words from the letters it gives you. Um, so it, I wish that they had like the one that's sort of like boggle for other languages yeah. because I can do that much easier than the anagrams one. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, it's a great way to practice making words for other languages. I guess you sort of just have to watch that you don't do that thing where you just tap random letters and hope, see. Oh if it yeah, of course. Word. You actually need to look or and like. If you it do, out. then you need to like learn all those words afterwards, maybe. Totally. Um, but that's another thing you can do is texting people playing games with people in the languages. I personally am bad at texting in any language. Oh, me as well. Someone the other day was like, I'm sorry it took so long. And I was like, I take three to five business days to reply to people. (laughs) So it's okay. Because it's true. I genuinely do take three to five business days to get back to people. I probably take even longer. So don't worry. So, I mean, I feel like texting isn't the best way for me to get immersion personally. Because I just Mm. don't. (laughs) Um, But... It, it is yeah, I feel something like that voice works. speaking works with people works for me better. So like if I can talk to a friend in German and like we're we're both like just hanging out, I feel like that works a lot mm-hmm. better. And just like even I like to be with friends mm-hmm. and like watching videos with them in another language I find is a lot of fun because you can both then react to it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I feel like that's probably me. I don't know if other people do that. But that's like we've also watched like the Norwegian Ilvis videos before. Yeah, but I don't speak Norwegian. Exactly. So, like, that was more for me. <laughs> um, yeah, and, but we both watched with the English subtitles, so... Yeah, how much was I actually working? Did we get working? anything out of it? True. Questions. I can actually um, say Treenhorn, I think. Yeah, so we. I, I just have a few I'm more points. I don't know how many more you have. I am all out. Oh, okay. Well, I'll keep going. Okay. Um, I guess... Mo- sort of i guess this is like output and input in a sense but laddering languages um yes. oh, it was if great. you have learned a second language and now you're on your third language and you've got time to study one but you also need to immerse the other and stuff like Heck yeah do your course through your other language like do french to german or something like that so that way you're getting not only you're making progress in your german but you're also immersing your french because you have to read this textbook in french you have to listen to the activities and stuff like the instructions in french um that is a helpful thing yeah no that's incredible and i don't think i do enough of that and i really wish i did i enjoy i think it also helps i've talked a lot recently because it's like one of my biggest things for 2018 about like separating languages Mm -hmm. and like not even necessarily separating them but having the ability to switch back and forth between things much better and i was finding there was a period of time where i was going to do french to spanish on duolingo um and then i stopped because i just decided not to study spanish at the time but i did the first few lessons and i found that it was really interesting because you get that ability to see the 
similarities and differences between French and Spanish, but it also meant uh, and that that's what I'm doing with I had right to now. read, I had to get some input from French and then output it to my target language of Spanish. And then I had to like read some Spanish and translate it to French. So I was getting both input and output of immersion. Oh, in that's French. real interesting. And just like did away with my native language at all. That's really cool. I really want more resources like that. I like and that. then, um, another thing, like you mentioned, like watching videos with your friends and like, mm -hmm. um, playing video games and stuff. I think video games are another way. I think this is a less great resource. Um, I think it's made much better if you're going to be on like a server of people in the target language where you're going to be speaking to a bunch of people in the target language. Um, but I think, I mean, otherwise you can just, if you're going to be playing a video game, change the game language into your target language. Mm -hmm. Um, you're going to be getting a little bit, uh, depending on how much like writing and dialogue or like whatever there is sort of depends on how much you're going to then get out of it. Um, but obviously, if it's something maybe where you're constantly going to be giving instruction and stuff, then you're going to have to read it all in your target language. That's a bit helpful. But yeah. I think it's honestly best if then you can do it where you're in maybe like a server of people that are speaking your target language. You have that ability to hear things, to speak things, to be reading things all at once. You're basically just playing as though you are a person who lives in that country. Yeah, that's actually um, a really good idea. So I'd say that's a good way to go about doing it. But also, obviously, you can just change game languages into the target language. But I think that's one of those things that doesn't work super well, much it's like, like changing, changing your, your phone, phone language. language. Yeah, you kind of just know where everything is. And it's like, yeah, I'm sort of not so much a fan of that one, because unless it's like a brand new phone that you don't know how to work at all, you're not really going to have to think about the language. Like, I mean, I don't really even think about my native languages things when using my phone. It's just kind of like placement and Habit. It's all spatially, like, organized, and so you just know where things mm -hmm. are. Like, I personally have my phone in English because I didn't feel that I got anything out of having it in a target language, and it also means that when you Google search things, it goes off of not your location. Like, it would send me, yeah. like, when I had it in French, it would send me to, like, things in France, and I'm like, I just want to know where the nearest, like, restaurant is. Like, yeah. I don't need this right now. Um, so it just kind of became frustrating in that sense. It wasn't even like, man, I can't understand any of this. It was like, no, just yeah. tell me how do I get from where I am right now to this other place that is in the same state as me. I don't want to know how to get to this place with the same name in France. Like, I do does like, not though, help me. that, like, Google Maps will be in German for me, and so it really tests my, like... That was actually my next recommendation. Am I understanding things? Because, like, when I was in French, I was like, oh, is a gauche left? I think it is. Yeah, I I'd say know. that maps is, like, really helpful. It, can, it can be helpful, but it can be destructive if you don't know your directions. I think it's one of those things where if you don't know where you're going and it's you really need to be there by a certain time, don't do it. Oh, but yeah. if you have time, if it's, like, I'm going to the grocery store and technically I know how to get there, like, maybe put maps on and have it just say things to you because then you can be, like, okay and like pretend you don't know how you're getting there and like be able to get it too but i think obviously if you're like i need to be at this meeting in 30 minutes and i have no idea how to get there let's just throw on this language i've never studied before you're gonna get lost oh, totally. um so yeah i'd say that's a good one um similarly like apps on your phone is sometimes a little bit better but again not super great. That's like the same level of video games, I guess, where it's like a level up from phone, but really not that helpful. <laughs> yeah, I think I agree there. And then my last one I had was just another passive thing more so is like reading. Mm -hmm. um, 
So, like... I also don't know how if I'd say this is very passive. I'd say reading requires a lot of work. Reading is a passive activity. Really? Um, much like listening. Um, mm -hmm. so, yeah, with reading, like, Kindle, you can read things, and there's even, like, the ability to have a dictionary where you can look up words that you need. Um, that also means that you don't have to be in, like, near the country of your target language. You can easily download books from anywhere in any language really for like an e-reader mm -hmm. um if you do have the ability to either pay to have a book shipped to you that is in your target language or to go to the target language country and pick up a book i say that because it was really hard for me to get anything in german or french before i went to france and germany like it's just yeah it's not as easy selection is much more limited and then even if you find things it's typically a bit more expensive because of getting it into the country um so, yeah, if you can, then physical books are great, too. That also allows you to pick books that you're a bit more interested in. But again, much like TV, I'd say, like, don't be afraid of kids' things. Like, yeah, it's the level you're at, and it's going to allow you to progress. Like, I think people always have this concept where they're like, I don't need to study a language because babies learn through immersion. And while that's true, but in order, if you want to do that entirely, like, you need to start with kids' materials. And also, like, even if you're going to be learning a language separately, I think it's important to start with kids' materials and work your way up because kids do learn from just, like, input yeah. and things like that, but like, they don't learn through, like, adult things right away. We have like, so many more tools and strategies that we can use. So, like, we can yeah. use kids' materials to a better advantage than you kids know how to use. Much less time. Like, a book that yeah. kids might read between the ages of, like, one to like eight like you can get through in a few months and i think that's the thing is like you can like move through things at a much faster pace but i do think it's important to go from the bottom essentially and work your way up and mm -hmm. again maybe find a kid's book that at least sounds like really cute or like really funny or mm -hmm. maybe you like you the have, illustrations you have a for manga it. in german manga is another great way to go Comic i'd books. say that's like after a kid's level yeah. Um, yeah, manga is a good way to go. Things could just because kids' books have the benefit of there's lots of pictures, much like kids' TV shows, you're being shown everything as it's being mm -hmm. given to you. And also, just kids' books are going to be written with much simpler language. You're not going to have like mm -hmm. predicament or something. Like, it's going to be like the character is in trouble, and you're like, okay, I understand. Um, so, yeah, I'd say start with kids' things. Maybe it's a book you used to love. Maybe it's a book that just seems interesting. You want to see what the kids are reading these days. <laughs> and work your way up. Then there's also, like, apps that I don't totally love, but I do see benefit in in some cases. I think using it with audio is more so where I have a problem, which is strange because most people what like kind love of that part of it. Things like learning with text link or now the like mango oh, reader that's yeah. currently in uh, beta. Um, I think it's more helpful when you're going to only focus on reading then, honestly. Like from my own experience, maybe there are also ways where you could like maybe read it while listening and then only listen to it, things like that. Yeah, um, things like But I like... think it's helpful to focus on like just reading so that way you're not relying on the listening and then vice versa and things. Yeah. Uh, but if like you're going to do read, both. like, doing newspapers and things like that, and then having the ability to use an app to look up words, I think that's where the, the like, the good thing is. But I almost, at this point, still like just 
either printing something out or finding something and having a dictionary next to me and just writing down new vocab because yeah i like to write it, over it, it saves me from like what you were saying where it just kind of feels like clicking and finding the new word and things yeah. um i would say though like the mango reader that's currently in beta ha is like much better than some other things in the sense that the words that you learn go into flashcards mm. and if you then study those so i think the other way to do it is like have like memorize or anki or something like that open and make flashcards for every new word you learn while using like, yeah i think a thing like with that. things like uh flashcards and memorize courses and anki it's like it's been proven that when you just take somebody else's deck on there and just study that it's not as effective as if you had made mm -hmm. your own deck or flashcards so by going through a book and learning new words that you don't know or going through a show and writing down words you didn't know and then mm -hmm. making your actual own set of flashcards and like an anki deck and then like recording the audio or things like that's a little more intense, but you can do it. Uh, it's much more effective than just mm -hmm. using somebody else's course that you didn't make yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then just also, doing it, but yeah. especially if you have like an italki tutor or a friend who speaks the language, um, I recommend doing some reading. One thing that I really loved, one Bulgarian lesson I took, um, she'd have me read uh, something aloud in Bulgarian and she, so she'd help me if my like stress was off or if mm. uh, my accent was just a little weird or I did not pronounce something so it got me very used to like reading the Cyrillic alphabet aloud like and just reading the language aloud too mm -hmm. um, and then I'd have to kind of summarize for her in English so that way she knew that I wasn't just like regurgitating information I feel like that's the one time where then switching back to your native, native language, language is helpful is summarizing things that you've read in another language in english because otherwise you it's very easy for you to just like kind of like find the thing where you're like john read the book and be like oh well he read the book here but like if you have to then say it in your native language it's like do you actually know what happened here mm. or um so like i remember and we read one on like a yogurt festival and so i had to tell her like what the mayor said about it and stuff um and so there was so many new words there and just mm -hmm it allows for you to get comprehension. So I'd say another great thing to do with passive things like music and TV and reading is to then have someone nearby that you can like go over things with. Maybe even you watch a TV show and then you discuss it together in your target language, much like you were saying with watching videos. Mm -hmm. um, but I think even more so than reacting, cause then it can easily be like, oh, we're both laughing or like, so that other person's laughing, I guess this must be funny, haha. <laughs> um, and you don't. Oh, really which know I what totally happened. do. I totally. But do that. I mean, if it's like maybe you watch like a a video on this new scientific experiment or something, and then the two of you then have to discuss like, what are your thoughts? Like, is this ethical? Like, all these things like that pushes you to both comprehend the initial thing and then yes, have definitely this output. I totally agree, and like uh, something that I have done is I actually just lost my thought. I don't know if you saw that. I literally had it and then looked down and it was gone. What oh, was I going to say? Wow. Oh my goodness. That's awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's all my points, so I don't have anything okay. else to talk about. No, it's all good. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wow, that stinks. No, I think I'm good. All right. But yeah, those are my tips for immersion. I'd say just don't be too passive even with passive things. And also yeah. don't 
go for things that oh, are my more point. of interest to you without considering how they'll help your language. Um, my point, I, mean, I you, found. You're obviously free to do whatever you want outside oh, of, of your studies, but when you just need to consider when you want it to be, I just want to watch this German show because I've heard it's really great, and when you want it to be, I want to watch this German show because I hope that my German level will improve, that sort of thing. Yeah, there's a really important difference between that. And uh, the thing mm-hmm. I was going to say was I played a game with my friend called, we didn't even have a name for it, but it's like the synonym game, where like I don't think enough people learn synonyms in their languages. And mm-hmm. when you learn, I guess you don't need to study synonyms, but when you find synonyms, I think it's really important and helpful because then that expands your, it like multiplies your vocabulary, you know? And mm-hmm. so saying a thing like, oh, that's clear to me, or like, oh, this fact is clear, you could say like, oh, das ist klar. But like if you say, das ist erkennbar, das ist deutlich, like it means different things and they all have different mm-hmm. connotations, you know? And you might not think of one to say automatically, but if you were to then hear that, and knowing that word is better than saying, like, I need the simpler word that you said there. Like, you should have said this so I could understand it. Like, mm. people use, people don't always say klar, you know? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing as, like, we don't always, we will not always say the same thing in English. We have a very, like, expansive vocabulary. So just, like, it makes your language more natural. And so mm-hmm. in a lot of listening, you're going to pick up on that, but also reading, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's all I got to say. Cool. All right. So if you guys have any tips for immersion, definitely leave them down below. Yep. We Um, would love to hear them. Yeah. And just overall, I'd say just do as much as you can at any given point, like as much as your daily life allows for. And you'd Mm -hmm. be surprised just because also if you consider not only time you have free, but also time that you do things in your native language that you could switch to doing something in your target language. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Yeah, it's very surprising, actually, how much time is, like, just left open that you Mm -hmm. can be putting, like, language into. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's lots more than people think. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will see you next time. Practice makes progress. Oh, makes progress. (laughs) Bye. Bye.